When sharing your faith with a Latter-day Saint, it helps to know what their church has taught on several basic topics. For this reason, Mormonism Research Ministry has provided its Crash Course Mormonism. Crash Course Mormonism includes concise articles highlighting what LDS leaders and church manuals have taught on issues that will probably come up in a typical conversation. You can find these informative articles at CrashCourseMormonism.com. That's CrashCourseMormonism.com. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, we hope you enjoy this repeat broadcast. Why isn't the Mormon Church more open about some of the controversial things in its history? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. That question that I raised is not my personal question, but it actually is the title of an article found in the July 2020 edition of Ensign Magazine. Ensign Magazine, a periodical published by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, more for an adult audience. But in this edition, on page 14, is this article by Kate Holbrook. Kate Holbrook is the one who asked this question, why isn't the church more open about some of the controversial things in its history? Now, let's give you a little bit of a background of Kate Holbrook. She served as a missionary for the LDS Church to the country of Russia in the years 1993 and 94. We don't know exactly how old she is, but we can assume from those dates that she was probably born in the early 70s. But she works for the church. She works in the history department. And so she writes this article by that title, and she gives an interesting background of her knowledge regarding some of the controversial history behind not just Brigham Young, but also Joseph Smith. What does she say in the first paragraph of her article? When I was four years old, my mother and my grandmother worked at the Beehive House, Brigham Young's old house in Salt Lake City, Utah. They taught me all about Brigham Young and that he had many wives. About 10 years later, I learned that Joseph Smith had many wives. I didn't learn about seer stones, which Joseph used to help translate the Book of Mormon until I was an adult. The church did not hide information from me, but the historical information was not as emphasized when I was young. Now, before we evaluate what she said in that first paragraph, I think, first of all, we need to discuss the title of her article. Back in 2013, in late 2013, the LDS Church started coming out with what is known as the Gospel Topics Essays. These essays, we were to assume, were supposed to answer a lot of the thorny questions that many LDS members, as well as non-members, had regarding Mormonism's history. Doesn't it seem odd, Eric, that those essays, first coming out in 2013, then through the years of 2014, and I think even into 2015, that this question is still being asked, obviously, and that's why it's found in the July 2020 issue of Ensign Magazine. It seems to me that the essays are not really doing the job I think many people in the Mormon Church probably thought they would do, because these, this question is still being asked. We have talked 
on occasion about the Gospel Topics essays, but a few years ago we did a whole series that went through the 11 different essays and talked about what the church was saying. And they were very honest in many ways. They didn't tell everything, but they, they did have much to say. But if you'd like to read more about that, maybe you've never heard of the Gospel Topics essays, we invite you to go to our website where we have links to all of the articles on the churchofjesuschrist.org, as well as articles that we have done on those 11 different essays. Just go to mrm.org slash Gospel Topics Essay Intro. Gospel Topics Essay Intro with hyphens between each of those words, or just type it into our search engine. But we encourage you to go read the church's Gospel Topics Essays and to see what we had to say about it, as well as Viewpoint on Mormonism podcasts that we have available. And I think you're going to find out a lot of information about what the church has said about its own history. Now, getting back to what Kate Holbrook says, she says when she was four years old, her mother and her grandmother worked at the Beehive House. Of course, this is the home of Brigham Young in downtown Salt Lake City. It was also used as his office when he was the governor of the territory. She says that her mother and grandmother taught her about Brigham Young and that he had many wives. It always strikes me as being odd that most Latter-day Saints don't have a problem with understanding that Brigham Young did practice plural marriage and had several plural wives. But she mentions that it was about 10 years later, or when she would be, according to her piece, about 14 years old, that she learned that Joseph Smith had many wives. We've noticed that also. Most Latter-day Saints don't seem to have a problem with believing Brigham Young had many wives, but I remember when you and I, Eric, were downtown, we were in the rotunda area of the North Visitor Center, and you and I were having a conversation with a couple of sister missionaries, and I remember bringing up the fact that Joseph Smith had more than one wife, that he also was a practicing polygamist. I cannot remember her name, but I do remember that one of the sister missionaries did not like that I said that, and she thought I was incorrect, and she started really politely arguing with me, saying that, no, Joseph Smith only had one wife, and of course that would be Emma Smith. But the fact is, he did have pluralized. And I thought it odd. Now, this could not have happened over 15 years ago. I'm thinking it probably happened maybe 10 years ago. But still, here was a sister missionary who did not know that Joseph Smith had more than one wife. When we were in Manti, there were a number of Christian women who volunteered to represent the plural wives of Joseph Smith. Each one of them was in character. They had a biography of the wife they represented. And these women would walk down the street where we were all sharing the gospel at that time. And they just stood there. And Latter-day Saints would come up and ask them questions. Who are you and what are you doing? And they would explain, I represent one of Joseph Smith's plural wives. What was the reaction that we got? Now, this was at the Mormon Miracle Pageant that was in Manti, and so there were thousands of people who were coming to watch the uh, pageant on the side of the Manti uh, Temple Hill, and uh, a lot of people were very disgusted that we were doing something like this. Not so much that we were trying to bring out the truth, but rather that we were bringing up a lie. 
I can't tell you how many people we heard in the two nights that we did this that said Emma was the only wife and would argue with us or the ladies or the girls. We actually had girls as young as 14 who who uh, played those roles, and they said that we were telling an anti-Mormon lie that Joseph Smith was never polygamous. And as you mentioned, Bill, no problem with Brigham Young. I mean, everybody knew that Brigham Young was polygamous, but for some reason, Joseph Smith never had practiced this. But Bill, we did the same event in 2017. A decade later, the exact same demonstration with different women playing the roles of Joseph Smith's wives, and we hardly had any complaints about the historicity of it. Some people may not have liked it because we were bringing out something they thought was not appropriate at a pageant, and that kids were seeing this, and this was going to cause problems maybe at home for the children asking, why were all these women out here? Was Joseph Smith polygamously married? But the point being is that a lot of Latter-day Saints, based on our experience, did not know about Joseph's many marriages before the Gospel Topics essays came out in the 2014 and 15 period. And what's fascinating about this is she's admitting that when she was 14, that's when she learns about Joseph Smith having the many wives. But then she goes on to say, I didn't learn about seer stones, which Joseph used to help translate the Book of Mormon until I was an adult. Now, when it comes to the seer stone, we have been talking about the seer stone for as long as I can remember. That's always been a part of the narrative when we try to explain to people how the Book of Mormon allegedly came about. Joseph Smith, of course, had this seer stone. He found this rock while he was digging a well with his brother Hiram. I believe the year was 1823. And he uses this rock by putting it into a hat, putting his face in the hat, and then characters would appear on this seer stone, and he would read those characters off to his scribe. The scribe would read what he wrote down or what what she wrote down because Emma was one of his scribes and if it was correct it would go on to the next set of characters interesting she says she did not learn about the seer stone until she was an adult but yet the church has tried to give the impression that they have been very open and transparent about their history but she makes this interesting comment in the last sentence of the first paragraph the church did not hide information from me but the historical information was not as emphasized when i was young i can go along with that i've often asked myself and we were talking about it as we were prepping for this show there are many Latter-day Saints who have been hurt by the LDS Church because they felt that the Church did hide information from them. Well, if that's what really took place, what does that look like? What does it look like if you're going to accuse the LDS Church of actually hiding information? Would that mean if you went down to the LDS Church library downtown and you went to go find something on the seer stone, there would be nothing there? Or you could only see it if, let's say, you were a bona fide scholar doing research work? What would that really look like? And the reason why I think it, it can be dangerous accusing the church of actually hiding something is it raises the question, well, if it's really hiding something, Bill, how did you know about it? I think that's a fair question. And that's why I'm reluctant to say that the church has purposely hid a lot of its history. I think she's being correct here when she says that the historical information was not as emphasized when I was young. But if this is a church bill that's supposed to be totally transparent, 
then you have to ask the question, why do many Latter-day Saints at that time not know about Joseph's many marriages or this seer stone? I mean, you remember that movie called The Mormons that was put out by PBS in 2007. They interviewed Brigham Young University professor Daniel Peterson, and this is what he said in this movie, in this, in this documentary. He said, actually, most of the translation of the Book of Mormon was done using something called a seer stone. He would put the stone in the bottom of a hat, presumably to exclude surrounding light, and then he would put his face into the hat. It's a kind of strange image for us. Now, Bill, how many Latter-day Saints were upset by what Peterson had actually said? And why were they upset? It's because Helen Whitney, who produced that documentary, when she interviewed someone, she gave their name, but she didn't tell you whether they were Mormon or not. So if you were not familiar with these individuals, and of course we are, when we saw Daniel Peterson's image up there, we knew exactly who he was, that he was a BYU professor. But I remember there was a Mormon who was complaining about that interview and basically, and and actually was accusing Dr. Peterson of being some kind of anti-Mormon, making up a story like that. We got a chuckle out of that because he's one of their prominent apologists, you might say. Well, tomorrow we're going to continue looking at what Kate Holbrook had to say in this article titled, Why Isn't the Church More Open About Some of the Controversial Things in its history. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.